Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This premier independent fan experience podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and brings you honest and in-depth Montreal Canadiens discussion and entertainment. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Pudney are proud to be one of your trusted sources for Habs and hockey news. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 148, game two post-game episode. I'm your host, Blaine Pudvay. I'm joined now by my co-hosts, Matt Smith. Good evening. And Treg Wilson. Good evening. Um, not here tonight is our sanity. Yeah. You're in for a fun show, folks. Super fun. So we, we, uh, we had our episode 147 this morning um please go check that one out uh, we broke down what we saw in the first game what we expect in the second game and throughout the series i mentioned the key matchup being uh, the second line and wanting to see more of a killer instinct from the canadians before i would change my mind on my predicted outcomes for the series i saw neither so my uh, my prediction stays. I see this as a seven game series. I stay at six, um, but I mean there were things to this game that changed the way the game was played. Yes, and um, everybody knows what that was, and that is clearly the desire to win one for JT. That you know it's all about him. It's all JT. No. I, I don't even remember his no. name coming up tonight during the broadcast. Just like the, you, the, the way the way you the way you think that the game was played out, that the only player on the ice was Austin Matthews. Well, is that any different from any other time they do a broadcast? Uh, it's, it's ridiculous. It's hard to watch. Like the the loss I will say the this. loss the loss aside, the game the game the uh, watching watching a game on Sportsnet right now is hard to watch. It's always hard to watch. Oh, it's terrible! It's yeah. terrible, especially. When Matthew scored, it was like a giant eruption of orgasms in the Sportsnet studio. Uh, I just, it, it, I, I want to just I want to give a shout out to Eric Macromella. Uh, he's uh, he's on TSN, 
and he does that uh, all dress podcast with the boys from TSN. He came right out, called out the whole thing. Like this is a guy, it's a, he's a lawyer, but he also works at TSN. And this is what he said. The English language broadcast is so heavily tilted in favor of the Leafs that it's tough to, uh, tough to watch as a Habs fan. Back to the French feed. I completely agree. Yeah, and true. he follows it up. It's, un- it's unfortunate. The English language broadcasters have a duty to present unbiased commentary. They have clearly abdicated that duty. Yeah. I can't argue that against that. Yeah. Can you? And you, got, and you got some of the idiots that are out there on Twitter and there's, you know, they're, they're, um, they're calling out like the French language. You know what I mean? Like, I speak, I speak French. My last name's Smith. I'm about the most English person you're ever going to meet in your life. But where I grew up, I learned some French. You know, uh, you can target teams, you can target players, but you know, you, people start people start targeting a whole language. It's kind of it's kind of funny, you know. But. There were quite a few. Um, I saw quite a few retweets. People pointing at some Leaf fans who just came right out and said, yeah. "Fuck the French," and yeah. you know, called us frogs. Um, Folks, it's a friggin' hockey game. Exactly. Can you stop with being bigots for one fucking night? Exactly. Like I said, I'm a Habs fan, but I'm I'm very English. I live in Ontario. I'm a Habs fan. You know, it doesn't make me a frog, I don't think. But Craig, uh, how much French sure. do you speak? As your prof and saying, put. I'm I'm kind of tired. You know, I grew up um, surrounded by Anglo's and Leaf fans. And I heard this all the time. And I even had some of them as I was growing up. Look me in the eye when I, I could speak a lick of English. I'm going to come right out and say it. I, I just couldn't speak English. I understood it, but I couldn't speak it. And several of them would just come out and say, speak white. That was an actual term used. And it, it sickens me to see it continue. And I know social media can be a cesspool. And so all I do now, block. I just block that shit out. You don't need that in your timelines. If you see this stuff, and I'm speaking to all our listeners, if you see this stuff, just report it, block them. Do not retweet them. Do not, do not share it. Do not give them the attention they so desperately need because their parents didn't hug them as children. Now, moving on to the game. We talked about the commentary. We talked about the uh, bigoted morons online. So let's talk about the game. Uh, game started out pretty even. The first 20 minutes, the Canadians kept up with their game plan for the most part, but clearly Toronto stepped up their game for a little bit of a pushback. They obviously were a little bit more motivated. You know, the whole win it for John Tavares stuff. That's, it's clearly, they stepped up their physical game to meet that, that intensity that the Canadians started with. And then in the second period, after Kotkaniemi scored the opening goal and the Leafs tied it up, second period rolls around, different game altogether. So do you guys want to start on the game itself or Kotkaniemi? Game itself. Okay. Uh, so the second period rolls around. What, what happened there? Montreal got called for everything for a penalty, like everything. Yeah. Uh, I actually made a tweet saying after Montreal scored, saying anyone want to put money down on the first penalty power play going to the Leafs? I was wrong. It actually went to Canadians, and it was their only power play. 
Um, Versus the five. I wasn't so upset about the calls made against Montreal. I was yeah, more because upset they were the, those were penalties. Most of them were penalties. Some of them were kind of soft, but tick sure. tack. Yeah. What I was upset with was the calls that weren't called on Toronto, like the checking from behind and Kai Giammi, the elbow to Gallagher in front of the net, the interference to Armia uh, while shorthanded. Um, you know, the hacking, the slashing, and the checking. And the cross-checking from Toronto that never got called. And Montreal's penalties were like a cross-checking penalty, a slashing penalty. Uh, you know, the Lekin and slashing from behind. Was bullshit. I, that, uh, I, that's the one call that I don't think should have been a call. The checking from behind on Byron. Um, how are you going to call his checking from behind on Hyman and not call the one that was on Kaki and, Hyman's on Kaki and Emmy? Like it, it's the refing in this league. It is not just in this game seems so biased to certain teams in the series that it's not even funny. Well, look at uh, Craig Berube last night, lost his shit on the refing. He said it was disgusting and embarrassing. John Cooper did the same thing in the Tampa, Florida game. Yes, he did. And so did uh, uh, Rod Brindamore in the Carolina game, Carolina yes, Nashville did. series. And what happened to those uh, to, after that happened? After they called out the refing? So far, no fines. No, well, no Barubes was just last night, so they haven't played yet again. So, yeah, but the other games where they call, they scream bloody murder about the refereeing. The next game, you saw a very different approach by the officials. Tonight, if we don't see Ducharme lose his absolute shit, you may disagree with how the game was called and say it was perfectly done. If you're a Leaf fan, you're happy, and that's fine. I get it. It went your way, so you're not gonna you're not gonna want to rock the boat. And you may think, as an outside fan, that the call the calls were made properly. But this is the playoffs, and gamesmanship is involved. If Ducharme doesn't come out and just lose his bloody mind to try and bring to light, like you're right, there were some horrible non calls. If he doesn't bring that to light, then I think that's a failure on his part. Agree. Pay the fine. He's not going to pay it anyway. No. Uh, the players or the management will should be throwing the money in for that. But uh, I, the way I looked at it is, I wasn't upset about the calls Montreal got. Really, I wasn't. Except for the, the slashing, one. I thought it was bullshit. Slashing was a bit soft. I thought some of them were kind of soft. Well, Cotton Yammy broke his stick on the guy's back. Okay, call that his cross check. I'm fine with that. It was all the non calls that pissed me off. Yeah. I can't. I, I lost count. I, I stopped at seventeen, but I I just lost count at the number of times the leaf four checker would kind of trip up or hold, interfere, clutch, interfere. grab, or interfere. It was, it was all the picks with the yeah. defender yeah. coming for the uh, going in for the puck. It wasn't like it was a the race to the puck and they were kind of jockeying for position. They were literally coming up from behind and clutching, grabbing, cross checking. Stuff that usually called. I mean, look at the stuff they called on Montreal. It's not that much of a difference. When you're making it so that the last of the last man back is falling on his ass to give you a scoring opportunity, that's got to be called. I, I don't mind non-calls if a scoring opportunity isn't created. But you have to call the ones where scoring opportunities are created. And they didn't. Yeah. I'm not going to make excuses for the team. There was other, there were other factors to it. Oh, however, yeah. however, you know, it, it's, it's tied up now. 
and this has now turned into a best of five series. Yeah. So the big reason the Canadians lost, I mean, the refing was bad, but that's not why they lost. It was, it was a, it was definitely a contributing factor. I'll just say that, um, you know, the, you, you brought up the first period being quite even the second period. It was, you know, penalty after penalty, after penalty, after penalty, one of them being a challenge that, I'm still looking for a reason that that challenge ever uh, was ever brought up and, you know, good on the Canadians for killing that off and not even allowing a shot, but it was yeah. still another, it was still another two minutes. Their penalty killers had to be out there and they're, and they're, and, the, and they couldn't roll their, their lines like they wanted to, um, yeah. you know, the officiating, yeah, it was awful. It was, it, it really was. And you could have uh, even the slash at the end of the game from Simmons, that wasn't initially called. They ended up calling roughing after the players went after each other. And Simmons being the tough guy that he is, you know, because, you know, they brought him in for his toughness. Simmons showing how tough he is, waited for the referee to get in between before he threw a punch. Exactly. Just threw a punch. Yeah. Skated backwards. Yeah. Let the referee get in between them. And then when uh, all the referees are paying attention to the scrum, throws yeah. a punch at Edmondson. Yeah. Because he's a big, tough guy. Now, well, said, but, but, he, but, he, 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 he won that battle in front of the net. Like he was, he was showing dominance by doing that. And that's where everything started. But, and he should have just left it at that because yeah. I lost respect for what he was doing in that moment when he threw the punch from behind a referee. Yeah. That is Brad Marchant level stuff. You don't do yeah. that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but with all the penalties, it really it really took the life out of the Canadians because then they're like, well, yep. they're going to call everything on us. And and the even they though did. even though even though the Canadians did end up at the end of the game, they still they would hit the Leafs. Uh, it was a closer there was a they closer did. margin than the last game. Yeah, they did. Uh, it was a closer margin of the last game. Uh, the final the final tally ended up being forty four to thirty six uh, for for Montreal and. Um, I, I just found that the, that intensity wasn't there like it was in the first game. Um, they they weren't finishing their checks as often. Um, the players that we noticed in the first game didn't really see them because, you know, you're shorthanded most of the goddamn game. Yeah. They, they got away from the game plan. Like, let's be honest, it was 2-1 before all the penalties actually started happening. So yeah. before yeah. we yeah. before yeah. we get into it, let's let's be fair here. And they only Leafs got the one power ahead. play goal. Two. They got two power two? They got two. They got one at oh. the end. Uh, um, but it was 2-1 before all the penalties started happening. But the Leafs were down by a game. The Leafs are favored to win the series. The Leafs are Sportsnet's babies. The Leafs always seem to get a penalty when they need a penalty power play. They always seem to get a penalty when the te- they're down by a goal. They always, You know what I mean? Like, there's this... I mean, it's called, maybe I'm throwing a conspiracy out there, but it just seems like the Leafs get opportune moments every time they need it. And sure, again, I'm not going to complain about the penalties that Montreal got. Mine were the non-calls that didn't go Montreal's way. And I don't mind non-calls either, as long as the non-calls both go both ways. If you're not going to call a certain way, Call a certain yeah. way. Stick to that. I, if you're not going to call like Hyman's that. check from behind on Kotyemi, you're not calling Byron's check from behind on Hyman. This just, you just don't do it. But he did. I think both of them should have been called. Well, there but... wasn't a, there wasn't an initial call. That's the thing. It was after the scrum and after everybody came in, 
the only person they took from that pile was Byron. Yeah. And he got to check him from behind him. Exactly. And there was no initial call. There's no arm. They came up. That's right. And they, another they thing I found weird everybody down. was why did the same referee ref both games? One of the referees was the same referee as the game before. That never happens. Yeah. It's always a different crew, which I thought was kind of weird. So I gained a new respect for Chris Lee after this game. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> you're know, absolutely if, right. There, uh, this to get off refs, there was more to yeah. that than the game. It's true. It's I, true. I didn't yeah. find Tyron Gallagher couldn't hit the net. Nope. I didn't find the Suzuki line stepped up. I didn't find the Deneau line stepped Suzuki up. Hasn't, so the Suzuki line hasn't done anything for two games. No. Uh, the Deneau Despite line all the ice time that he's been given. Yeah. Let's just, let's just say it this way. I've just got the stats up really quick. Um, Stall, Perry, Tatar... Lekkonen and Suzuki all were without a shot tonight, and the the in the in the, in the face offs were atrocious. Um, Suzuki was three three and ten. Deneau was six and fifteen. Um, the only one that was actually a positive was Kakaniem, and he was six and five. Was I the only one that saw how many times a Montreal Canadian center was thrown out of the face off circle? Yeah, it was quite. It seemed a few. like all the time. That was quite a few. How many uh, how many uh, face offs did Defoli and uh, Lekkinen in that have? I'd have to just give me one sec. That, that you know because just look how many face offs the wingers had. Yeah, Toffoli, I want to see the stats. Uh, Toffoli had one. Byron had one. Tatar had one. Anderson had one. Lekkinen had one. That's it. Well, not as many as I thought then. Yeah, it was at least yeah. I counted I counted at least six times. I, yeah. I found it yeah, a little odd. Five or six, yeah. And I saw the Leaf Center get thrown out a couple times too. And I mean, I've done co- coaching clinics, refing clinics. Uh, I, I have a hard time understanding this face-off rule the way they're applying it because it's not the way it's taught, you know, at the lower levels. I mean, I'm only a level four referee, so what do I know, right? Um, I'm only qualified to ref you know, major junior games. So what do I know? But it just seems odd. Now with the Canadians in this game, Treg, you're right. Uh, I didn't, they, they were listless after the first period, they became listless. Uh, I'm sure having to kill five straight penalties didn't help, but there's no excuse for not, not going to the net not hitting the net with your shots. I mean, you don't need to power shots through. Just get it on net. Get to the net. Finish your check. There was none of that. And that's why the Leafs were able to push back and take control. Gallagher and Tatar missed wide open opportunities to put pucks in the net. Yes. Both high danger situations, both in the slot, both had time. Gallagher did it twice. Tatar did it once uh, right over the top of the net. Uh, all three times and uh it's just suzuki had a good chance and he his was a bit different because he had guys on him but uh suki had a good chance and he missed i don't even think he got a shot on the net uh actually he didn't you said uh but those guys got to step up like uh everyone's saying put caulfield in next game for offense but that's great if you put caulfield in but if he has no one else getting in the puck or 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 no one you He's really not going to make that much of a difference. He should be in. I think he's only scored two goals in two games or three goals in two games. 
put your best score on the ice and that's Caulfield. But uh, yeah. And give a little bit more time to guys like Kotkaniemi. Kotkaniemi tonight was one of their better players and he Agreed. only got 1249 of ice time. A lot of that had to do too with the with what, penalties. A lot, of that, a lot of that had to do with the penalties. Penalty kill time Still, in the second yeah. period. You got 19 so. minutes to, to Deno. You got 19 minutes to Suzuki. 12 minutes to Kotkaniemi. And Kotkaniemi was out playing Suzuki tonight. He was, but yeah. Suzuki also played PK and Kotkaniemi did. Yeah. Still, yeah. a little bit of that five-on-five five time because Suzuki just wasn't, he wasn't quite there. And when Kotkaniemi was on the ice, they had control of the play. His, uh, his expected goals for were above 60. His Corsi was above 60. So going into Montreal, so going into Montreal on Monday, uh, just to remind everybody, it's a back-to-back um, in Montreal. Yeah. What, what lineup changes, if any, would you make? I'll start with, well, I'll start with you, Blaine. Uh, with me, uh, I would definitely bring in Caulfield. You definitely okay. you need scoring. You have to bring him in. Okay. Um, I would, I don't know, you can, you can debate between Tatar and Armia. I saw Tatar's name out there quite a bit, but you're not going to break up that line. So I no, would. No, I don't think so. They they did they did towards yeah. the end of the game just to try to find something that worked. I would push Armia out to bring in Caulfield because you take Armia out. We we covered it in the last episode. Why I would do it because Caulfield can just slot right into that spot, um, and I would assume Evans is, might be able to play. So you're you're looking at. Uh, Romanov, Evans, Caulfield, these are all guys that could easily be brought back in. Because mm-hmm. in this loss, it wasn't like it was it was a hard fought game and they just missed out. No, they they got their asses handed to them in the third in the second period and just couldn't find a way back. So the if, lack uh, of discipline really killed them. If Evans is good to go and can come back into the game, is he draw back in? I think so. Who do you take out though? Exactly. Stahl. Stall wasn't playing he bad. He wasn't either. bad, but you can bring Stall back in for the second game, in the back to back, and put Evans out. Personally, I put Romanov in for Merle, and I put Caulfield in for Tatar. I think you take. I know you guys say don't break up that line, but Tatar's been doing absolutely shit for two games, and I'd rather keep Armia or someone like in and Byron in for their uh, penalty killing and defensive abilities. Yeah. Well, I can see Armia put- being pulled out, but. Who's what's that line going to look like now? You take a Tatar out. What is what does Deno's line look like? I say you put Anderson or Toffoli with it. You move Toffoli up. Put him on his right wing. Move Anderson up with. Uh, to have Anderson, uh, Suzuki, and Caulfield. Yeah, put Anderson on the left, and then you have your third line, or you have your Armia on with Perry and Toffoli, or Perry and uh, uh, Stahl, and your fourth line the same. That's what I would do. I'd at least, I'd at least bring in Romanov just to just to just to amp up that physicality that um, that they were lacking, especially yeah. you know your first game at home. Even though there's not going to be fans in the stands, playing in your home rink, you want to play a little bit harder. So I would, I would, uh, I would move him out for Merrill as well. I, I and Merrill hasn't really done anything one way or the other. Like he hasn't. Nope show me that he's going to would be any better than what Romanov could bring to the game. Actually, I think Romanov would hit more than Murrow would. So 
what I think will happen, I think Armia will come out for Caulfield is what I think will happen. And then Caulfield will play on that third line or that yeah. line with Suzuki. That, that's now, what I think will happen. Ducharme, as we're recording, uh, Ducharme is having his press conference and he just mentioned uh, just a couple minutes ago that he's considering Caulfield as a potential spark um, after two even strength goals and no power play goals in two games. He said, it's possible, like everyone available, we have depth and we're going to use it. So that, that kind of points to him being aware that the team just, there is just no offensive spark right now. They really need to find a way to generate scoring because it's all well and good to out hit your opponents, but what good is that if you're not scoring goals? And Monday's game is a pivotal game. You go down 3-1 to the Leafs, that's a big hill to climb to get back in. A big hill to climb. Yeah. But if you make it 2-2, two, two, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, the only thing that uh, Ducharme ended up saying on officiating was uh, said I was surprised, surprised by the way it was called tonight. That so. I'm disappointed. I no want I, I want a more forceful response. The Canadians are just so vanilla when it comes to this kind of stuff. There's no, um, you know, with all the talk of character, you know, uh, we want our character, and there's no, like, actual, not not like there's no character, but you know, like a character act. You know, you pretend to do something. You you, you go against your your own interest in a way by calling out the referees but sometimes a good outburst helps push things the your way like look at uh, claude julian for years in boston he would he would yell and scream at referees he would have a complete uncontrollable outbursts after games and for a while it balanced things back out i'm not saying do it all the time but you know i think in a case like tonight I wanted to see, I wanted to see Ducharme explode. It shows that the uh, it shows the players that the the coach has has their backs, right? That's I would have right. liked I would have liked to seen something as well yeah. because you know you can preach you can preach character all you want in the dressing room, but you got to have the same behind the bench at the end of the yeah. day. Ducharme reminds me of a robot. He just even behind the bench, there doesn't seem to be any emotion. There doesn't seem to be any. I don't know. He seemed like he had more fire when he was in Munch- in Halifax, maybe. Because they were younger, yeah. and but it just seems to me like I expect him at least come out and say, uh, you know, there's stuff I can't really talk about, but yeah. you know, our whole game plan went off the rails because of stuff that went, you know, stuff that went down during the game that we had no control over, something yeah. like that. Like, you and don't even have to maybe it's the fact that he still has an interim tag on him and he doesn't want to say the right, it shouldn't matter. I, you know I, like, you know what, he should be sticking his neck out there, but I think that's part of it. You're I think an interim coach. You got nothing to lose. That's you got right. nothing to lose. Well, you're you're basically. Him, but he might be seeing it from the other side. That's how sure. I. That's how I'm looking at it. But he's he's interview basically everything he does is an interview for the next job, whether it be yeah. in Montreal or somewhere else. Yeah. So by having an outburst, by show by showing that he has some kind of, you know, deep down fire, and he's willing to flip tables and shit. Um, some GMs like that. They want to see yeah. a guy who's under control. But at times we'll show that fiery side. I'm not saying go join John Tortorella on him, <laughs> you know. Like, 
not all the time, but once in a while. John Cooper did it perfectly. He said it perfectly. He said, hey, I don't mind that stuff in the games. I don't mind it. But when it only gets called one way and you got a superstar lying on the ice from an injury, you know, it's the guys with the stripes that got to settle these scores, not us. That's exactly what he said. And then when they let stuff go, stuff like this happens. Or just come out and say, if you're going to call one team and only one team, now, I'm not saying they only called one team, but tonight they kind of did. But if I'm the coach, and I'm, you know, if I were Dom Ducharme, I would come out and say, if you're going to call everything on one team but not the other, well, I'm not going to tell my guys to ease up. They want to go out and do whatever, go do whatever. You're going to get called no matter what you do. Make it worth it. Yeah, and that's exactly how it, that's how I would have done it tonight if I was behind the bench. I would have said, boys, don't let up. You get called for it, you get called for it. I, I'm okay with you doing your job. Their All preparation, right. their preparation for tomorrow, um, their practice if they if they do a practice, etc. Um, that's going to really be key going into Monday because there's going to be a lot of calls to make some uh, some lineup changes, and there's going to be a lot of pressure to really come out and perform in Montreal. Yeah, I mean the series is only one one, and and let's yeah. be honest. Montreal for four periods was toe to toe with Toronto. Uh, we and all then know Mont- they let up, and we all know Montreal is inconsistent, which they've been all year. Uh, I'm not worried yet about the series. I still think Montreal can come back and win Monday night. Um, I think they need to win Monday night, especially with the back to back games coming up. Um, but yeah, and it'll be interesting to see going into Tuesday's game who starts it next. If it's Price, not that I thought Price had a bad Price. game. It's going to be. I don't Price. think Price. I don't think Price had a bad game, but uh, I think um, Toronto, in a way, Toronto did Montreal a favor on this. I mean, it, the Canadians come out of Toronto with a split. I mean, uh, that's not the the absolute perfect scenario, but coming out of Toronto with a split on the road when you're the road team in the playoffs is always good. So you're coming home with the split and then Toronto handing Montreal their, their asses in the second, in the second period, taking control of that game and it kind of making it a little bit further out. I mean, the empty net goal aside, it's a four one game. That's not close. So by keeping it a little bit further away, it's not a close game. They don't say, well, you know, we were kind of there almost this forces their hand to make changes. And it'll motivate the players. So I, I do expect a much different Montreal Canadiens team on Monday. I uh, totally agree. Uh, also, this is re- this is similar to the Pittsburgh series. Yes. Montreal won the first game, got blown out the second game. Yeah. No matter of fact, and, I think they lost 5-1 in the second game in that series. Which is exactly what happened tonight. Yeah. So, and I thought it was ballsy and Ducharme to pull Price at 6-30 too when they were down 4-1. Yeah, yeah. I kind of like guys up. I like. I see what you're doing. I like that. Maybe they should pull price for the whole game next game. I don't know. <laughs> Just turn the net around. They only had one goal against. <laughs> um, but you, you saw at the end of the game too. Weber, Weber got into it with Engvall. He was he was yelling at the referees. It's not something he normally does. He's not very vocal with the with the officials. He normally just goes up and kind of whispers to them, sometimes angrily, but never just comes out and just yells. Yeah. I think that was that. more I think that was more off of the face off 
that uh, Dano and Thornton took. And as soon as they dropped the puck, he gave him a two hand on the stick. Yeah. And uh, then they, they tossed out uh, Thornton and they redid. I think it was more about that, but yeah. But Foley was speared on a uh, face off too. That wasn't called. Yeah. Anyway, but I, 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 I really, so... I, I personally hope that the only thing that we're looking at for the next game is we're not talking about officiating. I hope that's not that. I yeah. hope that's not the main story yeah. of the game. I hope we're talking about one good play that won it for either side, or a, or a big hit, or whatever brought energy to whatever bench, and not, not the officials. And I think it should be put out there that this is not just a Montreal-Toronto problem. No, hundred percent. This is an issue across the league. Officiating's been an issue all year. Yep. Now it just seems like certain teams and different certain series are getting the favorable call- calls uh, than other teams. Yep. And, and we brought this not... up throughout the season. Yeah. We have brought this up in episodes throughout the season. And I've pointed to this in the past as well. The NHL needs to get their shit together when it comes to officiating, especially if they want to bring gambling in. Yeah, hell, we we had a ref that was caught, <laughs> like you know, earlier in the season, like try, trying to trying to kind of fix how the game was going to be, and, and it didn't get games. better; it got worse. Yeah, and it, and it hasn't got <laughs> yeah, any better, right? Well, he got punished only because he was hot mic'd and people. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. He didn't even really get punished. He got. They took away home. his last chance. Yeah, he was retiring. He got forced into retirement. Is what he got. Yeah, but well, he was supposed actually, to have that last game, that last little lap, and the wave goodbye. But they took that away because he was on a hot mic. Boo hoo! He still got paid. Yeah, he still still got paid. Still got the pension, right? So, but that was his that was his penalty for being hot mic'd. Yeah, and it was it was a cosmetic fix and a cosmetic punishment. Yeah, and they've done nothing about it since. Yeah, we all we all know that the league is going to make. You know, they, they're, obviously, they're going to try to push these these teams. They're going to try to push some of these teams that have the stars and everything in their lineup because, at the end of the day, they keep getting these players' faces on the media. It's it's it makes more yeah. money for the league. So it's more airtime. I think that pretty much that sums up our view of the game. Yes, the officiating was bad, but it was not the reason the Habs lost. The Habs lost. Because they they lack discipline, and they they gave up, uh, they stopped skating. They, they got away not, from their game plan. They got away from their game plan. They did not keep up their intensity, and uh, the next game is going to be telling. Yeah. Because Weber uh, at the end of that game was pissed. He's going to go in fired up. He's going to have to fire up the team. If they don't, if they come out the way they did in this game in the, in game three, the series will be done much quicker than I expected. And it'll be deserved because the Canadians don't deserve to win if they don't play to win. Yeah. So I think that does it. Uh, Treg, anything? No. Matt? I just want to say uh, thanks to everyone that's listened to uh, to all our shows. And uh, I hope you guys have been uh, enjoying these recaps. Are you not entertained? (laughs) All right, so I'd like to thank everyone for listening, and uh, remember, if you were talking about it, so are we. Do you have a problem getting big city slams? Are you not getting the gains at the gym? Well, don't mortgage your future on rental supplements. Get Bergy Arms. Bergy Arms. 
you the gains you need. Fergie Gardens gets rid of all the bad attitude and builds better character so you can get the gains you need. Get Fergie Gardens, Fergie Gardens, Fergie Gardens today. Not a real project, mate. They make you trade your favorite player for a mountain man. Do not use, if you're healthy, if you want loyalty, buy a dog. Did, Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. 